Afro Tales Podcast is a part of the Connected Podcast Network. Chef, Chef. Yes, Glio. Don't you love how we get to share our stories and recipes? Yes, I enjoy it greatly. Do you know what makes it possible for everyone to hear us? Yes, Glio. Our voices, obviously. True, but it's also Anchor, a hosting platform that distributes the podcast to places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and others. Oh, yes. And isn't everything needed to make a podcast in one place? That's correct. And the best thing of all, Chef, it's free. Free, you say? Free. And all I had to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So, you just had to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yep. Download the Anchor app. Or go to anchor.fm and do what we're doing now. Fantastic, Grio. Simply fantastic. I know, Chef. I know. Ahoy, my friend, and welcome aboard the Afro Tales Podcast. A ship that will carry us from location to location, exploring the tales that grew from the African diaspora in the Americas and the Caribbean. I am Amon Mazinga, your teller of yarns. As we head out, a particular yarn for each location will be spun. Come, sit with me, and enjoy this journey. Miss Verona. They say Miss Verona was a witch woman, but Sam heard folks whispering around about her being a witch woman on his first day on the job in the fall of 1946. He didn't pay much mind to all the talkers. He was too busy thinking about his boss man and whether or not his boss man would like him. Brother Sam's crops fell two years in a row, so he let his land lay out. And he had to find a job in town at the peanut factory. The men folk had gathered at the bottom of the steps to wait for the boss who was always late, so he was told. Anyhow, he saw a bunch of women walking across the yard to the peanut factory. They wasn't wasting no time, neither. Some of them lived right there in the little town of Lee's Meadow, but some had to walk from as far as Grayball, Hills Crossroads, and Galberry. Them women had to climb up about 20 steps to the second floor of that big old gray building, then turn the bend and keep on walking down a long hall and be sitting in front of a graded pulley belt for the 7 o'clock whistle bellowed out. The women stepped high and wide trying to get there on time. Their bandanas curved tightly on their heads to keep the peanut dust from out their hair. Dinner buckets tucked in the crock of each pair of arms. They knew that the women's boss, Mr. Greeter, was waiting at the belts to send anybody right back home if the whistle bellowed before they could sit down. Bruce Sam heard about him too. After the footsteps of the women died away, Fat John eased up behind Bruce Sam and whispered in his ear, Look, here she come. Bruce Sam whirled around to see who he was talking about 
and sure enough, he saw Miss Verona for the first time to know who she was. Her bold legs made her small, humped body rock from side to side. As she made her way toward the steps, Brother Sam could not help but meet her eyes. As she looked the man over and cackled her, Good morning! So loud, some of the men jumped. Then she turned her wrinkled face and streaked eyes away from the men. Her big hand grabbed at the railing with every step she took. When she reached the fourth step, the seven o'clock whistle broke the air. The boss man gonna send you back home. Brother Sam spoke sort of low. He didn't want her to hear him, you know. Fat John shifted his weight and strained his pudgy neck against his tight shirt. He looked at Brother Sam, but he wanted all the men to hear his speech. She ain't gonna be sent home. She a witch woman. And she got to fix on the boss. He can't do nothing to her. She come in here late as she pleases. And she leave when she pleases. You a new man on the job, Russell. But I'm here to tell you. That there a witch woman going up them steps. The other man looked up just the steps just like Fat John was telling the natural truth too. They all kept looking till Miss Verona turned the bend. Well, I don't know about that, Brussan told all of them. Folks been saying things like that about old women since the beginning of time, I reckon, before he could tell them that he didn't believe in witches. The men's boss standing there looking at Sam's long, lanky body was first in line behind the boss. Being a new man, he felt he had to show that he was more than ready to work. When the quitting time came, the whistle told them it was six o'clock. Folks was getting away from there as fast as they could. Some of them was half running too. Brother Sam had just picked up his dinner bucket when the man's boss asked him. Fat John and Joe Bill to stay a little longer cause the belts was jammed up. About half an hour passed before they can get that thing fixed. Then all the machines turned off. The whole place was quiet as a funeral home. Seemed like the sun was sinking a mile a minute. The three men headed on around the front of the factory. Somebody's footsteps stopped them dead in their tracks. It was Miss Verona. She was slowly clumping down the stairway. Fat John snuck back in the shadows and picked up a stumpy broom the men used to sweep the holes from the grates. Come on, I'm gonna show you something. The men followed him into the shadows and Miss Verona clumped on down to the twelfth step. She hung onto the railing with each step. They tell, they tell, man. You can tell a person is a witch or not if you put a broom like this one under the steps. If she is a witch, she can't step over the broom. We'll say we try this out on Miss Verona. Bruh Sam and Joe Bill didn't have much to say, so for Fat John poked that broom under the bottom step. Then he called out, Come on, all. Come on, y'all. Let's stand here and wait for the boss to tell us we can knock off work. Miss Verona still clumping real slow. Like she was scared of missing a step. 
She got close enough to the bottom for the man to make out a white scruffy head hanging from under the blue skull that turbaned her head. The men stood there like they was waiting for the boss. They talked about the weather, how fast the sun went down. All the while, they was trying not to look straight at Miss Barone. But when she put her left foot down on the third step from the bottom, they had to look at her. Seemed like her body reeled and rocked when she went to lift her right foot. Then she saw the man looking at her. She smiled at them and said to herself, I forgot something. She turned around and clumped back up the steps, much faster than she had come down. Even Fat John was scared to speak for the shout of a body turned the beam. The words came hissing out of his mouth. Didn't I tell y'all? I told y'all that woman there is a witch. Joe Bill tugged at his mustache and nodded in agreement. He was just trembling and sweating. Big drops of water ran like little pools down his stout back. He was glad that darkness hid his short frame from the two other men. Bruh Sam held out that Fat Joe was wrong. She just an old woman with a hump on her back. That's all. He tried to convince both men. Fat John could not be convinced. He argued long and loud. Well, why didn't you step over that broom? Hmm? Tell me that. And why is she coming down them steps? Answer that. Bro Sam didn't have an answer. Miss Verona was clumping down the steps in a big hurry. They never seen the old woman move so fast. When she got to the sixth or seventh step, a great noise exploded from underneath the steps. It sounded like bobcats screaming and cows lowing and dogs howling. Then her buckets flew one way and the men flew the other. Fat John was the heaviest man in town, but you couldn't tell it that night. He left the others far behind. After that, word spread like brush fire from one and then the other. The whole county believed Miss Verona was a witch woman. Pretty soon, the women folk didn't want to sit by her at the factory. Many of them claimed sickness and stayed at home. Of course, they blamed all their misfortunes on Miss Verona. But Miss Verona never said a word to defend herself. Old Mr. Greeter knew he was losing control of the women when so many started losing time on the job. One day he called Miss Verona into his office and told her, Verona, you know you've been in this factory ever since I was a little bitty boy, and I ain't no young man. My daddy said you was here long before, long before he got too old to work. Now, I think you ought to go on back home and rest out of spell. Don't worry. I'll slip you a piece of money every week, just the same. Miss Verona spent the rest of the warm day sitting on her porch in an old rocking chair. She just rocked back and forth from sun up to sundown. Folks too scared to walk on the same side of the road as her two-wound cat. 
By the end of October, the same year Miss Verona wasn't seen for almost a week, smoke didn't come out the chimney, and the front door was shut tight. Somebody sent for the high sheriff. He went there and broke the door in. They say he begged out and sent for the sick wagon. The sick wagon rolled up to her front door. When they brought her out, she had left this world. The undertaker in Lee's Meadow County refused to handle her body. They sent her body to the next county in Richland where folks didn't know about her. Fat John kept giving himself credit for proving that she was a witch. He stood on the corner of Main Street and grabbed at anybody who had the time to listen. About the night, he put a broom under the steps. After a while, folks shunned him. He didn't tell about how fast he ran that night. Miss Verona's house just sat there on the side of the road. The same way the high chef left him. Several months later, the yard grew up in tall grass and bushes. Somebody threw clods of dirt and broke out some of the windows too. Doggone shame it was. The rocking chair was left alone. One calm spring day during the next year though, Henry Johnson was taking a shortcut across the field near the old house. He saw the chair rocking back and forth, back and forth. He took off running and hollering scared to death. When somebody caught up with him, he managed to cry out that Miss Verona was back. Some of the men at the sawmill said they would give any man, woman, or child five dollars to sit in Miss Verona's rocking chair. Brother Sam said he would take the money because he needed it so badly. Fat John tried to talk him out of it, but Brother Sam held on. On the appointed day, the men from the sawmill and the peanut factory met on the other side of the road from Miss Verona's house. Twenty or more town folk showed up too. Brother Sam kicked his way through the yard. That Saturday morning was warm and sunny. The quietness made the buzzing flies sound as loud as airplanes. His eyes took in the gaping door and raggedy curtains swinging through the broken window panes. Brother Sam kept on walking till he got to the porch. He put his foot on the porch. That rocking chair commenced trembling. That's when all the men took off. But Sam was all by himself now. He walked over to the chair and kicked it over. The house moaned and groaned and reeled and rocked. First the roof flew away, then the sides. The bricks of the chimney shot away like bullets. But Sam just stood there on the porch, not knowing if he was living or dead. When the porch melted under his feet, he stood on dry ground with the terrible sounds of dying, house splitting his ears. He locked his eyes shut and fell to his knees. There he stayed till the quietness forced his eyes open. Right in front of his knee bent and bowed body was a black pot filled with flowered Perina drawstring feed bag. The house was gone. The old rocking chair 
was laying on his side like a dead animal. Bruh Sam moaned softly, pulled himself to his feet, and slowly opened the bulging feed bag. It was packed with paper money. Bruh Sam lugged the money home. He and his family quietly moved away that very day. Now if you go to Lee's Meadows today, no doubt you'll hear at least a hundred and fifty different stories about Miss Verona, the witch woman. If you want to find out for sure if she was a witch woman, all you have to do is go to Richland County Cemetery, find her grave, and do it. Folks in Lee's Meadows say ain't nothing there but an empty hole. Witches don't lie down too long, you know. The end. So, although I do like the story, let me say this first off. A person's appearance should not make you determine what they are. If you aren't taking the time out to get to know a person, do not think you have any right to say who they are or what they are. You don't. If you want, if you want to say who they are and what they are, please know, befriend them, know them, and know who they are for real. Okay, assumptions are like I was told as a child. Making an ass out of you in front of me. Okay, do not assume anything about anyone. All right, now that I have that out of the way, let's get into the me talking about this wonderful story because <laughs> I love Miss Verona. I do. I love Bro Sam too. I do love Bro Sam. Um, but Miss Verona, just an old, old woman. She had to be in her hundreds. If she had been there when Mr. Greeting's father was working there and she had already been there a while when that happened and she's and he's not a young man so he's what 50 maybe 60 come on she's got to be in her hundreds and she's still walking to work and getting the job done remind me of my grandfather that passed away um he literally worked, was retired and kept working. He just loved to work, worked at the church, worked everywhere, helped anybody. It's like, you know, you have those people that working keeps them alive. And that's what it was for Miss Verona. I feel like working kept her alive because as soon as they said that she couldn't work anymore, her time was finite after that. She was gone, you know. Whether Miss Verona is actually a witch, I don't know. And I don't care. Actually, I do care. I would love to know if she was actually a witch. I would love to know if 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 anybody's ever been to her grave or knew about a Miss Verona. Um, because she probably was like the oldest woman in town. So everybody would have had to known her. And Brother Sam, just like, you know what? People always talking crazy about people. 
Like, just stop. Like, people are always saying something crazy. And just because y'all had a bad experience one night, y'all was probably doing some drinking anyway. <laughs> Let's be real. They was they was looking for something to happen. What they say when you look for things that happen, it, it's something bad that's going to happen, right? So, but I loved how she didn't really do anything. She just, like, oh, I forgot something. Came back down and some cats and cows and dogs started yelping in the back in the background and some buckets fell and or what what it is is when the, they heard they heard the noise they dropped their dinner buckets and that scared them and they ran off like some little little kids all right now as far as what happened went to the house i can't tell you what happened there but i think miss verona liked uh brother sam for sticking up for her I think that's what that was. I think that Miss Verona saw that Sam didn't see her the same way the others saw her. Or at least wanted to give her a fair shot to prove who she was. And he was brave enough to go up to the house. And so he lucked out. He got that money that I guess Mr. Greetings had been dropping off all that time you know and he was able to go and help his family prosper and I and I like that about him you know he was he did right by her he didn't treat her wrong he didn't look at her crazy you know he defended her and he benefited for her and that's what people do when you benefit for somebody when you um, go to bat for somebody the right person you, you benefit you know but this story just stuck out to me and I wanted it to be uh, for Halloween and it's the 13th story of the season Hmm. gotta love it right well I don't want to make this long the story was long enough for you but just you know be like bro Sam don't don't stereotype people don't look down at people just because they're different you don't know who they are or what they're about so you may pass judgment don't do it you know get to know somebody first you know well anyway thank you for coming on this journey and thank you for being here a day early to experience my version of a Halloween special <laughs> Uh, don't forget to see the chef. He has a dish that you may use tonight at your Halloween party. You know, you never know. But as always, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And have a blessed and magical day. Welcome, my friends, to the galley. I am your chef, chef. And today, we have a wonderfully spooky dessert inspired by the time of year and the story you have just heard. Today, we will be making black velvet cookies. 
with a little raspberry jump. So, what will you need to make these beautifully wonderful desserts? One and a quarter cup of all-purpose flour. Two tablespoons of cornstarch. Three tablespoons Dutch processed cocoa powder. All the Dutch are wonderful at their cocoa. Half a teaspoon of salt. Half a cup that is one stick unsalted butter at room temperature. A third cup of vegetable or canola oil, your decision. Third fourths cups of granulated sugar, that is the uh, regular sugar that you use, table sugar. Two large eggs at room temperature. One teaspoon of vanilla extract. As always, we use the real stuff, not the imitation. Have a teaspoon of black food color. Now, with this, you may need more depending on the brand you have. Have a cup of buttermilk at room temperature. One and a half teaspoons of distilled white vinegar. Three quarter teaspoons of baking soda, not baking powder, baking soda. Half a cup of raspberry jam. If you cannot use raspberry for whatever reason, strawberry or whatever red colored jam or jelly you have. One drop of red food coloring and two tablespoons of water. For the frosting, you will need the half a cup one stick unsalted butter at room temperature again eight ounces of cream cheese room temperature four cups of powdered sugar one teaspoon of vanilla extract again not the imitation and also you may want to have a little heavy cream i will get to that later now what do we do to put this delicious dessert together? Well, first and foremost, we will preheat the oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Line a cupcake tin with cupcake liners and set it aside. In a small bowl, we will mix together the flour, cornstarch, cocoa powder and salt and then sit that aside in a stand mixer or in a larger bowl with a hand mixer we will beat together the butter oil and sugar until light and fluffy then we will beat in one egg at a time beating well after each egg is added we will then beat in the vanilla and black food color at this point you will continue to add the black food color as needed the mixture should look very very dark gray almost a charcoal color the color will deepen 
and intensify during bake. Don't worry, it would come out black. Add now a third of the flour mixture, then half of your buttermilk. Okay, then add another third of flour and the remaining of the buttermilk, followed by the last of the flour, and mix this until combined. Okay, then you will quickly but carefully, I will see this again quickly yet carefully mix together the vinegar and baking soda the mixture will bubble a lot we don't want you to rush this type of thing pour the baking soda mixture into the batter and stir it well for about 10 seconds evenly divide the batter among the cupcake liners. We don't want one huge cupcake and one tiny little cupcake. So do it evenly. Take your time. Then you will bake the cupcakes for 15 to 18 minutes or until a toothpick inserted in the middle of the cupcake comes out with a few crumbs sticking to it, okay? You will then let the cupcakes rest in the tin for five minutes. Then transfer to a wire rack to cool completely. Once that is done, you will cut a hole in the middle of the cupcake with a sharp knife. Fill it with the raspberry jam. You will have plenty left over, don't worry. Now. Beat the butter and cream cheese together for the frosting and add the powdered sugar and vanilla extract. Beat them until smooth and creamy, okay? This is the trick for you that I told you I would have later. You can add a tablespoon of heavy cream if your frosting is still too thick. Now, you will pipe the frosting if you don't have a piping bag trick of the treat take a ziplock bag or a regular uh, sandwich type bag put the frosting in there cut the corner and you have a nice little piping bag and pipe the frosting on to the cupcakes mix the remaining raspberry jam with a drop of red food coloring and a tablespoon of water real good and then drizzle it over the cupcakes to give it that nice bloody effect now go do a judo let me know how it comes out all right and until next time and i have a wonderful recipe for you think about miss varona she probably made wonderful cupcakes anyway happy halloween and as always Enjoy. My friends, we are here and I want to thank you for coming out here on this voyage with me. Thank you for doing what you do and giving me the time to get to this point. I want you to join me in thanking Art by Chalet. I want to also join me in thanking those who create the sound effects and music 
on freesound.org and free music archive. I want you to share this journey with your family and friends so that way they can be blessed just as you are. If you want to leave a comment or a review so others can learn about this voyage, please do so wherever you can. All other ways to support and contact me will be in the show notes. So please go there, check it out, and do what you do best and be you. Again, thank you. And until next time, have a blessed day.